The big question on this episode is, how do we bend time our way? Can we make more of it so we can get out of overwhelm and stress? This is the Pattern Shift Podcast. I'm your host, Saskia Le Feiter, and I've invited my friend and coach, Kim Witten, because she's the perfect partner for a hilarious but insightful journey through linguistics and philosophy, which are all fancy words for us having a lot of fun figuring out the issue of never having enough time and how to deal with it. Day-to-day life as a creative business owner can be very lonely and overwhelming, leaving no time to actually grow your business. The Pattern Shift Podcast gives you business insights and actionable tips to help you rise out of the day-to-day swamp and start to become more visible and move your business forward. Find out how you can be part of helping crafters move away from fast fashion and become a value-based business owner that's on top of things, running a business that's more sustainable for yourself and our planet. In this episode, Kim and I give you a three-step process for getting out of the thick of it. So you can reach out of the overwhelmed storm, grabbing on to something solid, practical, and steady. We do metaphors like no other, but they all lead to pretty solid insights. So hang on for a fun ride. And before we start, don't forget to sign up for more business tips and insights via patternshift.fm or click the link in the show notes. Have fun. Tell me, what has your day been like so far? Oh, this has been an interesting one. That's a great question for today because it's been unexpectedly busy, but um, but I'm staying just ahead of it, mm, looking right. out for myself throughout That's it. Good. Can you describe what you do by finishing this sentence? I help people dot, 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 because so that they dot, dot, dot. I help people think so that they can do anything they want with their lives. Sounds good. Sounds good. Is this business your main occupation or do you have other things going on? I have lots of other things going on, but this is my main occupation. There's many a craft. Many a craft. Name a craft or two, please. Yarn crafts, crochet, Mm -hmm. knitting, sewing. Mm -hmm. Been getting into a little bit of needlepoint lately. Nice. Embroidery. Nice. Yeah. What took you years to learn? Cooking Cooking. is probably a a very basic one. Um, Self-care, actually. Self-care. Yeah. 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 And anything particular uh, when it comes to your business? Any business skill or mindset or something? Yeah. Okay. Now we're we're getting somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Probably getting out of my head. Uh Uh-huh. And letting go of control and turning over thinking into expert thinking. It's like learning how to think productively Mm. in a way that serves me. Talking about productively, (laughs) we're talking about how to bend time your way today. Um, What comes to mind when, uh, when you hear that question? There's something about flexibility and malleability and control and power to be able to draw something like time 
to bend it toward you, like the arc of time. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking I'm going deep with this. Anyway, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it feels very empowered to me that right. time comes to me. Actually, it reminds me of something that that we learned in linguistics about in English, and there's probably this probably exists in in other languages too. But this study that focused on in English that we have two basic conceptions of time. One where we are the mover moving over the ground of time. And that's where we say things like, um, uh, we're coming up on Christmas. Like we're, mm-hmm. Christmas is a marker on the ground right. and we're running up to it. Mm-hmm. And then the other conception is, uh, so I did the one where time is the ground and we're moving towards it. And the other one is uh, time is moving towards us and we're fixed. So Christmas is coming up on us. There's so much coming at us. And anytime we talk about things with time, we're in one of these two conceptions. That last one sounds much more stressful to me. Yeah, like things coming at you. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of trying to... Um. I'm, I'm envisioning myself with a, with a tennis racket of some sort. Like pushing things away, like I'm not ready yet. Christmas, go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because the other conception is is called the ego mover. Like we are the one moving over time, mm. and this one is more like geo based. Like we're fixed. Yeah, we can't do anything. We don't have the control. Like things are coming at us, and I think that's how many of us feel in mm-hmm. our in our day to day. I love this thought because if you, if you take the other one where we are moving towards something that puts the power in our hands mm-hmm. and that makes us like the keeper of the magic of time bending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so when I think about time bending in that conception, it's like not only are we going over time, but we're bending the earth <laughs> towards us. Like it's right. almost like we can we have this ultimate power over it so i don't know maybe that there's something about the arc of of it and bending sounds so um flexible yeah and and also the the shape of the the roundness this this circle that the circumference of the earth Uh that has like no beginning no end and a beginning and a end at every point in time so deep i know (laughs) No, but that means I'm I'm kind of ahead with uh, with this in my head where I'm thinking that it has something to do with acceptance because mm-hmm. time is time and um is it though? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and and just changing your attitude and your mindset towards time in itself but also the amount of time that you seemingly or actually have to do something is i think it's really empowering um if you kind of if you can make decisions around that mm-hmm. yeah and it's, it probably gives us opportunities knowing this or seeing things a certain way to reframe something right so when we feel really rushed when we feel like everything's coming at us instead of yeah feeling fixed like what can we do to maybe reframe that and turn mm-hmm. it around so we feel like yeah, we are the ones in control. We're the ones moving and deciding. And uh, yeah, just that simple shift in mindset, even yeah. through language might have. Yeah, Let, an image because we're using language now, but all the while I'm, I'm, I'm making images in my head of, of time 
and um as creative people i think it's really useful to to spend some time thinking about this and kind of working it through in your mind it's what does it mean to you and uh what is your relationship to time or or the lack thereof or how does it make you literally feel in your body when you're talking about it or writing about a subject like this is it like grabbing your throat a little bit or like feeling a little nauseous or are you like mm-hmm. oh got all the time in the world i feel so light and happy i can do everything i want yeah and this is all just thoughts it's not actions really yet mm-hmm. so we're talking to the the listener on the other end of this is a small business owner in the um, fiber and needle crafts industry and i'm always thinking of this person that has a yarn shop or uh dyes yarn in a studio And they come into their workspace and they open the door and they just get hit in the face. Like you step out of a plane in a, in a hot foreign country and Mm -hmm. it just is so hot and a lot and dense. And there's a lot of things to do in the air. How can you in that moment or preparing for that moment, how can you change your mindset? Sometimes I think we need to just stop and recognize when we're actually in the thick of an overwhelm Mm. you know that is that is not a place to Mm. to start maybe doing the work right you know that's a place of um assessing and removing maybe yourself from a situation and carving out some time so that you can you can triage things or you can assess or you can just sit with some space to yourself to think uh, I was talking with somebody earlier today, and one of the things that came up was the overwhelm of email. They really want to get on top of their email, and they were. And this email was was indicative of maybe several other things that were going on in their life that were very overwhelming. And their email was in such a state that there was no point, there was no way to to start working on maybe setting up rules or going through it. Like it was a triage state, like they needed to do a, a maybe a, a drastic action or step away from it or relate to it in a different way to just get the immediate emergency under control, to take care of right. what was immediately happening. And then and maybe to even just stop the flow of, of you know, the hot air as you as you get off the plane, just, you know, to deal with that in the immediate before we can take those next steps, you know, get to a better place. It's good to know that in the moment, in the thick of things to just stop, drop and roll over, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Recognize where you are. Yes. You know, is this a place where I can take meaningful action or do I need to get safe and and get some things under control or takes, you know, some time to really address maybe a a more pressing situation before I can get to the more longer term productive work. Yes. And in the, in the uh, previous episode, we talked about uh, decluttering your workspace and that could be one of the things that you do to kind of get your mind a little bit more uh, ready to do some work because um, you cannot cook from, from a, from a pantry that's full of um things that are beyond their date um that just doesn't work or if the sink is full of dishes and you need some of those to prepare something yes you have a a pre-step 
before you can make dinner. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to do this this yeah. task and recognizing that um, and just leaning into it and be like, right, <laughs> today's the day. Yeah. So this, this recognizing step one is uh, assessing where you are and take some small actions to declutter, make space in your mind. So I found what really helps me is to make a mental inventory. And it's actually part of the bullet journaling practice, but it can also really help by itself. And what you do is you write down all the things that you are doing in one column. You have a, a landscape. You, you take a piece of paper uh, in front of you, landscape, and put it in three columns. One column is what uh, you are doing with your time. The second one is what you should be doing. And the third one is what you want to be doing. And then you go over everything and then you ask yourself three questions. Is it vital? Does it matter? And are there any consequences? So using those questions and, and um, making three columns in this way will really give you an idea of uh, what kind of needs to stay in your life, even if it's not fun, but it needs to be there. And what you can let go of for this moment. And you will always have that piece of paper somewhere. So it's not gone. Um, the whole bullet journal practice is actually perfect for, for this. And it, it really builds on assessing and then building new habits around what you actually need. But that's too much information to really go into that at this moment. But it's really interesting. So if you want to know a little bit more about that, you can, you can look it up at bulletjournal.com to get the basics. Other people, I guess, call it a brain dump, but it, that is less structured and is mm -hmm. just mainly getting things out of your head onto paper, categorizing it maybe. Yeah, like with the dishes example, if if you're finding this too structured or too overwhelming, there's probably a pre-step there of carving out 15 minutes mm -hmm. to just think or do a brain dump or having some time to yourself because there might be an unmet need. And the overwhelm is if we look at that with curiosity and look at it like, oh, this is information. And so, you know, we still feel it. Mm -hmm. We still experience it, which may be unpleasant. But if we look at it like, ah, this is this overwhelm or this frustration or this feeling, whatever I'm feeling, this is information that's telling me something important. Yeah, that maybe there's some uh, a need for some thought or some reflection or for some rest or from some resolution on a particular topic. Mm -hmm. And once we get those immediate needs met, we can then probably do the more thinking work and the more strategic or planning work of this columned activity, which sounds like a great activity. Mm -hmm. And I would even add to that one more thought about the consequences column. Mm -hmm. Whatever consequences you come up with, um, and there may be many, but then there may be an extra step toward asking yourself, do these matter or can I strategize around them? Am I willing to accept these consequences? Um, could they be opportunities or maybe even a benefit to me right. um, and yeah. trying to work with them? They don't necessarily need to hold us back. Mm -hmm. And if I put myself in the place of uh, the business owner that's listening right now, they're probably going. Yeah, um, but I'm way too busy to uh, stop, drop, and roll over. I don't have time to do that. I could certainly sympathize because what we're basically saying is you have to take more time 
before you can actually move forward. So what do we do with that feeling of, I don't have time to make a change. I have to finish these things. I have to get these orders out or uh, clean my shop or whatever. Um, what are, how do we find out what kind of things, of course, by asking those questions, but then you really have to take that first step to, to kind of be able to be in the moment and to, to do that work. So there's yeah. almost like a step even before that. <laughs> We're just walking all the way backwards. Yeah. 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 But is, is that, is that the place where we go get over yourself? Just do it. Because if you want to be healthy and uh, have a good business, there's a certain moment where you kind of need to look in the mirror and uh, accept that if you want to be healthier, better, move forward, that this is the way. I think there's a place, there's a place in context and for some people for, for pushing ourselves mm. forward for that kind of action. But even before that, <laughs> um, you know, get maybe getting curious about like, where is that thought coming from? You know, yeah. what, what is it telling me? What do I notice? Like, I, there's a resistance there. Mm. I don't want to do this planning task, even though my logical brain knows that it's going to be good for me. It's going to save me time. It's going to help bring me some clarity, but I feel too busy. And there is this overwhelming urge or need that's stopping me that, you know, if we get curious about this resistance, what is it telling us mm. that we need? Yeah. And and I wonder what then happens for people. I'm trying to go back in time and, and to the point where I felt like that. I mean, that's that's the whole reason for why I'm doing what I'm doing, that completely debilitating feeling of being frozen in the moment and not being able to do anything other than busy work. Yeah. Um, I think there's a difference, though, between being frozen debilitated yeah and pausing or for something that causes us to pause so when when i pose that question about like what do we notice what if we get curious about the resistance we both kind of just go oh <laughs> wait it, yeah. it gave us both pause and we we kind of both got reflective mm -hmm. and i would imagine that's the response for many people is like oh wait yeah now what do i do <laughs> what do i do with that mm -hmm. and there's probably something important there of just stopping ourselves for a moment. If you want to build or grow your business in textile crafts, why don't you join our online community for the small monthly contribution of only 10 euros, which is basically $10-ish. You get to hang out, learn from, and share your business and your personal craft journey with all the lovely people there. Support the podcast at the same time and you get everything wrapped into one loving package. I would love to welcome you there. Go to patternshift.fm and click community. And while you're there, sign up for our emails so you'll never miss a thing. Normally we would cut that silence out i don't think we will do that now because now we're talking <laughs> about it but we both went quiet and uh -huh. um but i also felt a little bit uncomfortable in that silence because i was thinking 
Right. Okay. And then, so we need, we pause and then, mm-hmm. and I think it, it brings up thoughts about the tempo of our days, like waking up, kids to school, get to work, do this, do this, do this. Oh, wait, I need to meditate. <laughs> yeah. The silence, the pause is really confronting. It is. I, it is like really trying to pause. Is pausing the same as do, doing nothing? That's a good question. I bet there's overlap. <laughs> I'm going to hedge around that one. Oh my gosh. I, I love that we make this whole serious thing into something that's still fun. And I think that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It is, it is, you can be like in the thick of it. You're like overwhelmed and stress, stressed out. But I hope that this episode help, helps you to to kind of take it a little bit more lightly and yeah. um, find pauses in your day or something. And and what's funny about your situation, you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. There's probably something. Once we get to a place where we're not in, you know, absolute triage, you know, yeah. panic yeah. mode, you know, it's probably looking back. and Because I could see the airplane moment, you know, with, with <laughs> all the yeah. hot air hitting your face as, as an airplane comedy. I love that we take both of that, the, the positive and the negative. I am still so close to that feeling of complete and other overwhelm and being burnt out and not knowing the way forward. And um, so we've landed on pausing. Uh, we are talking about assessing. Let's talk a little bit about busy work. What is busy work? And because you're also uh, all about the linguistics and stuff, and I'm Dutch, and uh, I could use some explanation for some words. And I think busy work is a very interesting word. Yeah. What's interesting to you about because it? Because I think, I think what busy work means is just keeping yourself busy. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, the sense I get. Yeah. So it's not necessarily being busy doing work it's doing work that's keeping you busy but it's not necessarily the kind of work that moves you forward yeah taking that pause like taking that pause and then assessing then you can get to the kind of work that will bring you forward yeah it's not doing nothing but mm-hmm. it's not effective right yeah that's it's not I, productive yes yes yeah so um Turning that day-to-day busy work into more productive work um, is a process, right? Yeah. And I think there's probably things that we're all doing Mm. that we think or we hope might have value or might be productive. They might feel productive because we're we're moving. We're not doing nothing. But if we pause to reflect on it, we might realize that that's not the best use of our time. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's not serving us well. Yeah. So I think there's a question in there about like, is this effective? Is this busy work? And when people have struggles about clarity and, you know, what they should be doing with their time, you know, is this the right thing to be working on or should I be doing this or that? Or if they're switching from task A to task B and then back to task A and then maybe C, I think underneath that is that question of, is this busy work? Is this a good use of my time mm. and they're wondering and they're not buying into what they're they're doing yeah yeah and they might be unclear 
about the the point or how to do it. There's yeah. something that doesn't feel right about what they're doing. What comes next is is talking about different strategies, I think. It's a big leap from what we were just saying to strategies. And I, I feel like the word strategy can feel a little bit big businessy for small business owners. Like, what strategy? I don't need that. I just need to work harder. What does it actually mean to have a strategy? Yeah, to me, a strategy can can just mean an approach, something to try that helps. Whereas working harder is basically one strategy. It's like, just put more effort in, put more effort in, just keep doing it. And that that can be a natural thing for people who are just uh, inclined to work hard and to just really push for an outcome. But if you, at some point you, you may recognize that pushing for an outcome or just putting your effort in is just spinning your wheels, it's burning you out, it's tiring you out, and it, it has diminishing returns. It's not getting you forward and then thereby it's becoming busy work yeah. where it already is busy work. I think a simple thing can be called a strategy, mm -hmm. which is great. Mm. You know, if, if you're inclined to that word and you're like, yes, I have strategies <laughs> and they're as simple as, <laughs> as this. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, you know, if you're not inclined to that word and you find strategies overwhelming, it can just simply be like, these are the things that I do, the, the approaches or the mm. things that I try when I'm faced with this struggle. Yeah. Or when I'm trying to do this thing, this is how I go about it. And I think that's a really good in intervention. Like, th that's a really good point that, you know, like, maybe we need strategies right now for, for dealing with the busy work or for deciding, you know, we need an approach for deciding what should I be working on. And one of the strategies that I work on with people is uh, that I find I think is really helpful is to come up with compelling reasons. Like, why are you doing this thing? What is your bigger overarching reason what's the benefit when you know your compelling reason for doing something it helps keep you motivated it helps you focus on refocus on the bigger picture especially mm. if you're in the tedium or the hard part of the small tasks where when we're in that place we might lose focus of like the importance or the need or mm. the why we're doing it or why we should push through if we can remember oh yeah there's this this bigger, bigger goal. It's the thing that gets us out of like bed in the morning. You know, when, when you're wanting to do, let's say exercise first thing in the morning, but you wake up and you're warm and you don't want to get out of the bed. <laughs> right. But if you've got that compelling reason of, Oh, I'm trying to prove that I can run this marathon or yeah. that I'm getting towards this bigger goal because I know it's going to give me confidence. Mm. Um, or I'm, yeah, trying to get to this, this place with it. Remembering that is the the motivator to get out of bed, board the plane, <laughs> yeah, yeah, do the dishes, <laughs> run the business, yeah, yeah. And I, um, when I kind of envision that moment of, uh, okay, so basically, I need a plan. I need a plan. Um, I'm also thinking, the time is full of things. A bowl full of stuff. I need to take some things out. What were we talking about? The dishes. Let's stick to the metaphors. Um, <laughs> so I need to take some things out to be able to find that uh, cup that I actually need now in the moment. 
mm-hmm. um, before we even do the full of the dishes yeah. and start clean. So I just ta- need to take the, the things out that uh, don't serve me, that all of those things, kind of things. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the the strategies and and let's let's re- re- rephrase those uh, plans, maybe a plan yeah. or an idea and simple, or, simple plan. Yeah, simple plan. You know? All things you can do because what we all know that if we don't change a thing, things will not change. Mm-hmm. So that something is going to have to move for you to come into a better situation position and it really just goes back to that pausing moment yeah i was thinking that too like something has to disrupt yes the the path that we're on otherwise the inertia of that we might just keep pouring effort in or we might keep you know having those same thoughts of like this is too much or Mm. just yeah you know we need to break that that habit or just give us a a way out yeah like a, a a break, like a, a um, almost like forceful in a way, but in a positive, forceful way. So practical. Let's keep this super, super practical. Step away for the better force for. <laughs> How about just taking a day in the next week, whatever happens, because that day will be full, right? Mm-hmm. Or a morning, or an hour, mm-hmm. or something like Five minutes. Yeah. Five minutes, like five minutes before you start your day, five minutes at the end of your day, taking like making that no, taking that time to uh, process what is going to happen and what has happened. This is all about bullet journaling. Everything we're seeing here. I was just I wanted to mention it in this in this episode, but. Everything we're saying kind of comes back to that because that's what you do. You reflect on your day and then leave the things behind that are not helping you for, are not helping you. And it's not just business. It's also living in a purposeful life and mm-hmm. uh, being in the moment. And uh, yeah, mindfulness is also what it's about, isn't it? Being in the moment. And how can you, how can you stop yourself in the middle of that? Do you, do you have anything that you do personally, practically? Yeah, I, I think taking breaks, carving out time and little bits of time, right? And in those bits of time, I allow myself to do whatever, hmm. you know, five minutes here, um, you know, 10 minutes there. If I can, you know, if I can carve that out, maybe 15 minutes, maybe even longer. But giving myself bits of time to just think or decide whatever I want to do with that. Sometimes I will declutter. Sometimes I will, um, you know, make a plan for something. It's whatever. But I think if we don't carve out those times and give ourselves little buffers between meetings or, you know, just even ending a meeting, like if you have an hour long meeting, mm-hmm. end it five minutes early or 10, you know, at 10 to the hour to carve, you know, carving out some time uh, for yourself to think, to pause, to reflect. Yes. Um, you know, maybe there's, there's a practice, you know, even if it's just a five minute practice of preparing for things mm. and then transitioning out of things. Yes. So how do you prepare for your day? You know, do you, do you create a list of, um, you know, maybe the top things that you want to achieve for that day or, um, you know, do you arrange your desk or, you know, in some way, something that gets you in the mindset that's going to be most productive for Mm. 
running your business for that day. Yeah. So pausing, assessing, mm-hmm. um, having some kind of small ritual, I'd say. Yeah. And to get into the work, but yeah. then also to get out of the work. Yeah. So how am I going to create a buffer between the end of my work day where I can shed everything mm-hmm. and maybe even prepare myself for the next day? So mm-hmm. what's what's left undone? Can I just put a bookmark on that or can yeah. I make a quick list or something that prepares me for making tomorrow's um, lists or ritual to get into the day so that I can just let that go and then go start into the evening or, you know, whatever you finish. Your mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a, a I love it. It's a great kind of three-step process for being able to bend time. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And, um, but to start that process, there's going to have to be a little bit of a disruption, a moment where you say, from now on, I'm going to do it this way. That could be this episode. That mm-hmm. could be a week from now where you've kind of caught yourself thinking about the things that you've heard and you're like oh yeah maybe you should yeah okay this is this is what happens to me it kind of creeps into my brain and then it sits there for a while and after a while i go like okay this is a time uh, it's it's enough enough is enough already yeah and you have some sort of insight or something you come up with that is like oh actually this is that worked really well or i want to try this or um, I liked how that felt when I, you know, moved this task to this part of the day. Yeah. And and when I talk about di- disruptiveness, that sounds really negative. But what I did when I was really overwhelmed and actually burnt out, what I did was uh, I I found a fun way to disrupt it. So I gave myself Monday morning movies. So from that point on, I uh, gave myself permission to watch um, a movie on Monday morning. And because I gave, because I gave it a name, it was a thing. I had permission and I wasn't feeling guilty for taking a break because that's how my mind sometimes works. You feel, and I think lots of people, you kind of feel guilty that you are taking time for yourself while you feel like the time, all the time is for your business or your family or a combination of your business and your family. And you kind of forget to, to pause. So that guilt that we might feel when we do things like take time for ourselves, we won't always feel that guilt forever. We might the first time, we might the second time, but then the third time or fourth time, it becomes completely normalized. And then we go, why did I never do this before? I love that. I thank you so much for saying this. This is, go- this is so helpful because it's so true. It yeah. is really true. It is, it's not lasting. You uh-huh. will be able to enjoy what you give yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. The guilt is just the, the brain's kind of resistance mm-hmm. to to doing this new thing, to trying a different approach or strategy, if you will, mm-hmm. and going, okay, we're, we're going to do this now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's different from what I, from my, what I used to do and I'm scared or maybe I'm worried. Mm-hmm. So I feel guilty, <laughs> you know, or, you know, there might be any mix of emotions that are, that are playing into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our minds and bodies response to that. But it won't always be that way. We will normalize these things and they will become part of our practice and our way of being. And that will give us more time. That will give us more energy. 
that's where the the body and that really embodied sense of things catches up with the logic that we know to be true. We know that there's a logic to this idea of slowing down and pausing and reflecting is going to eventually give us more time. But we have to go through the hard part of experiencing that. And some sometimes that comes with some guilt or resistance or just negative feelings about it or worries. Mm. But mm. if we go through it, <laughs> we we normalize it. And then we end up in a place where we're like, ah, I actually see how that's true for me, that, yes. that I, I'm bending time. This, yeah. is how, this is what that looks like. This is what that feels like. And it feels like it's working. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah. Totally true. And uh and really important to to know and to to trust us when mm-hmm. we say this. And really, if it's hard to believe uh, in Dutch, we say "je moet het maar gewoon aannemen." That means uh, if you don't believe it, just hear it, just accept that that's true until yeah. you believe it. I just think there's another piece to this bending uh-huh. time that we haven't touched on. Let's go um, at least directly, which is energy. And I don't mean energy in the woo sense, but I just mean like physical, mental, emotional energy. Mm -hmm. And so I find this, there's almost this like myth out there about that productivity is all about managing your time. But I personally think, and I find in working with people, I found this to be true, that if you manage your energy and get, you know, better control over that, about what energizes you, what de-energizes you and structure your day appropriately, to to give you yourself what you need at all the various points the time part just takes care of itself more or less yeah like we all have the same amount of time but we can bend that time towards us if we have more energy absolutely absolutely and and the next step is finding out how to get to the point where you get the right energy um i i've done that process in the last two years two to three i think mm-hmm. two and a half years what was the process for you? I I will tell you because it's it's been so important. I've read um, Matthew Walker's book about sleep, and that was one of the the pieces of the puzzle. Just finding out what my natural circadian rhythm is. Right. Uh, what means that that means what your natural sleep rhythm is, and I'm in a position that I can partly go with that. It works. It works out that way. Not for everybody. If you're a night owl and uh, you need to be up at six to bring your kids to the school in the next city, then you're, that mm-hmm. that doesn't really work. But um, there's different pieces that you can that you, different aspects that you can piece together. So for me, I found out that I don't like exercising at night because then I can't sleep anymore and I cannot be arsed to get off the couch. <laughs> But if it's first thing in the morning when I'm at my most active, if I uh, do my exercises in the morning and my journaling and everything that is about taking care of me, so mindfulness, practice, meditation, exercise, all of that, even hanging out with a friend, having coffee, if I do all of that before 12 o'clock, have early lunch, and then I'm like, I'm like a machine after that. I can mm-hmm. like get in my in my zone and in my flow quite easily and work for hours on end without even waking up from it and and finding out that that is my working rhythm, that that works for me, not every day, but most days, that has been gold because I'm not even working eight hours a day. I'm not working full time, 
but I've been at my most productive ever because my energy levels make sense to when I work and how I work. Yeah. Um, but you need, again, and that brings us to the beginning, you need to pause and assess and set those rituals and get into the, into the mindset of bending your time for your, to, to your needs, what you need personally. Yeah. And get curious and question and try things. Yes. So like, I, I, I love your examples about optimizing your day and like figuring out when you should, should do things. And I have similar examples for myself and I'm sure all of your listeners have, they can, they can start to question or look at what they're doing and when they're doing it. Um, for me, I always thought I was a night owl because mm -hmm. I stayed up super late and I have trouble sleeping. I've always had trouble sleeping. And it turns out I'm actually not. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was for, for many years now, I thought, oh, I'm a night owl and a morning person because mm. I also wake up very early in the morning. But what I notice is I wake up early in the morning and I'm a lot more awake and a lot more chipper <laughs> than, than everybody I'm else around. Chipper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> chipper. <laughs> um, and that is different than other morning people <laughs> yeah. or than other um, people who aren't morning people. Right. And so what I realized was if I just really try to get myself to sleep earlier, even though it's hard, <laughs> then I'm actually better off because I'm getting more sleep because I'm going to wake up early regardless. Yeah. So question the, the I guess the takeaway here for, yeah. for people is to question and try things and see what what else might be going on. Yeah. So I found that I'm actually yeah. um, a nighttime exerciser. And all the advice is, you know, exercise in the morning, get up, you know, at 5 a.m. first thing. I can't imagine anything harder for me to do. I find that exercise makes me very tired, makes me not feel good. It makes me very sleepy, sometimes even nauseous. Mm -hmm. um, and while it's a challenge to get myself to exercise at night, um, just as this would be in the morning, and it's a challenge to get myself to go to bed earlier, I know that it's, it actually helps my sleep. Yeah. And then conversely, like flossing my teeth, like all the advice says to floss your teeth in the evening, but that's not good advice if you're not doing it. Right. Exactly. You know, it's like, so I started flossing my teeth in the morning and I've done it every day for years. And yes. this is, you know. Oh, I love this. I love this so much. That's the, that's the difference between mm -hmm. doing something and not doing it because you're curious of how it can work for you. Yeah. And, and, and this is, this is like the 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 backbones of of the whole level of philosophy is trying to make it work for you, not to do what everybody else is doing because yeah. you're not everybody else. And yeah. some people actually get energized from exercising. Not me. Like maybe three days later, I don't know. I I know yeah. it's safe for me. That's why I do it. Like, like logically, I know. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. Yeah, That's and, a struggle. Yeah, and and you're not also a morning person or a night person. I'm not. I'm not fit when I wake up at seven. I need one or two cups of coffee. I'm not there yet. Also, I shouldn't be drinking coffee, but that's another thing. I'm kind of. I'm. I'm my best midday. So I work towards that point and do the most important things then. And if you have a shop where you need to open up the the doors of the shop at a certain uh, time, you can still find things to do at that moment that fits your needs better than at another time of the day. So if yeah. you were sorry, I'm just going to jump in because you said something magical there. You said um, 
I'm my best at midday. And so I work towards that point. And what I heard was, okay, I know where my energy peak is. So I'm going to bend the time of all the things towards that peak. Absolutely. So you're rearranging the timing of all of the things (laughs) towards that. You've got goosebumps. Yeah. Um, Towards that point in the day when when things are going to be at their your energetic peak or feel the best. So then I guess the question to everybody is like, you know, figure out, do that assessment and mm-hmm. think about or audit your time and figure out where are you, you your best? Where yeah. are you your worst? And start bending your time blocks. Yes. To yes. suit that. And coincidentally, we do all of this work in the Business Circle program. There you Just go. Saying. <laughs> But you can do this uh, without the program, with the information that you got from Kim, who is amazing and is uh, so helpful always in asking the right questions. You will find her information in the show notes. Thank you so much, Kim. This was so thank helpful. You. And, uh, this was great it, fun. Thank you. I had so much fun for such a serious topic. So much fun. Oh my gosh, that was a wild ride. Thanks again, Kim, for having this wild and joyful conversation with me. You've been listening to Kim Witten. She's a transformational coach for overwhelmed creatives who are tired of getting in their own way. And you can find her and her work at witten.kim. That is W-I-T-T-E-N dot Kim. So let's go back to the main things that emerge from this conversation. One of those things is that managing your energy can be more important than actually managing your time for achieving more. It could be the beginning of a different mindset. Disrupting your habits and routines can be necessary sometimes. If you want to achieve something, an intention that you set or a goal, then it's really important to create small rituals that help you do that. Optimize your energy, your productivity, taking breaks, assessing, carving out some time for yourself. And then we can break the negative habits, routines that uh, and the roots that we were onto to go in a different direction. I hope this was helpful for you and I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. People often think that I get loads and loads of messages, but I don't. <laughs> so please go to patternshift.fm and leave a voice message on the episode page or send me an email. I would love to hear your thoughts and... If you want to do a little bit of a deeper dive into these topics and know a little bit more of what I do with my business, Yavol, then you can go to patternshift.fm and sign up for our newsletter or follow the link in the show notes. Thanks a lot for spending the little time that you have with me. And remember that every stitch counts as we work together and create a pattern shift for you, your business, crafters and the fashion industry. 